Hi, I'm Michaela Loach. And I'm Rebecca. And this is the Yikes Podcast. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Yikes podcast, the podcast about all the things that make us yikes, um, from climate injustice and the climate crisis to other injustice issues, any kind of oppressive issues, we want to talk about all of it, we want to make it more accessible and move all of us into action and coalition and liberation together, um, so that's kind of what Yikes is about and um this week, uh, we're going to have a bit of a casual episode. We're going to talk about things that make us yikes. Honestly, because there's just been so much. And we just need a good old rant session. And maybe you will feel in community then with some of your thoughts. Um, at least that's we're, what we're <laughs> hoping for. Because honestly, it's just a bit too much to handle sometimes on our own. And also, we're just freaking tired at this point. So why not yeah. be in that together? Yeah, and I think sometimes it's just nice to like hear other people also care about things also feel frustrated about things and every episode doesn't have to be like super serious and super produced Um, (laughs) even though we're professional yikesers you know know. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) even though we applied for some awards recently (laughs) well I wasn't even going to say that I feel Um, like I'm just like genuinely like I have like professional rage limit like levels at this point like I'm like what do you mean just like I'm always yikesing, always. Yeah. Therefore, I am yeah. a professional yikeser. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, let's move on before I spiral. <laughs> Can you tell I'm like a little bit like, mm, what's happening? Anyways, a little, little bit on the edge. A little bit. Edge. Edge. Um, um, little bit just yeah, a little bit. I don't know where to start <laughs> with like some of the recent yikes. Um, to be honest, because that's just a little bit, just been a lot, you know. There's been a lot. I mean, one thing I guess we could talk about that is a yikes that, um, I mean, hopefully has changed by the time this episode mm-hmm. goes out, um, is the new policing bill. We could just yeah. like talk about yeah. that a bit because that's a huge yeah. yikes. Um, so if people don't know, um, there's a new policing and crime sentencing bill that um, is was going to be put through the commons, did go through the first like kind of lot of the commons, but then has been delayed, um, that would basically criminalize protests mm-hmm. in the UK. Um, it means they could put limits on the noise levels allowed at protests. They, um, you'd have to give a start time and an end time to a protest. They could say that you're not allowed to do this protest. Fam, they um, can like criminalize you yeah. for chalking on the street. Like, yeah, yeah. And statues, if you... If you piss like, on a, strat- a statue, statue or something, you can get, like, 10 years in prison. <laughs> you can get 10 years in prison, yeah, which is wild. Like, basically, all of it is them being, like, we want to remove your right to protest. Yeah. That's what it is. And that and your, the right to protest is a human right. And it, I think that... I think people do seem to realise that this is as scary as it is, but maybe a lot of people think that there's no chance this could mm. happen. But I think a lot of us will also remember that back in, like, I think it was maybe May or June of um, last year, 2020, they put through a different bill at the start of the pandemic where they were basically restricting protests, starting restrict, to restrict mm-hmm. protests then and using the pandemic as a guise to do that. And um, this is just kind of furthering that. Um, mm-hmm. And how like fascism creeps in is is gradually and through gradually removing mm-hmm. things and, being, and giving excuses for it. Um, and that's why this is, a huge yikes mm. um because this could 
mean I don't that that people are, are like completely suppressed and that any yeah. opposition to the government is suppressed. Also, this would criminalize um protesting around Parliament. You wouldn't be allowed to yeah. protest around Parliament. And both of us have protested around Parliament. That's that's where most protests happen course, because that's yeah. the the point. <laughs> like that's literally yeah. the point is yeah is a lot of these not all protests but a lot of protests are directed towards the government. Mm. Um, so yeah, this is genuinely like scary and yeah i mean i think we need to resist it it's it's also scary because like when i talked to for example my family back in germany like none of them had like heard anything about what's been going on the last two weeks in the Mm. uk like between like um you know the case was like sarah and then um so the murder of sarah and then the following protests and like what's been happening there and then Mm -hmm. the kill the like the kill the uh, kill the bill um kind of like protests against this bill that Mm. um, we just talked about like they haven't heard anything because the uk has been so good in kind of managing the news um about like Mm. the advancements of the vaccination processes here um so that's to me is like super scary but then so when i explained the whole bill to my family you know they and especially coming from germany they were like but this is exactly how for example fascism in germany was allow you know allowing what the nazis did to be legal like it was legal for them to do all of these things that's how things like this start and that's you know also like a, a lot of the things that trump was allowed to do was through putting them just in in parliament and i think when like a lot of the things like the rhetoric that scares me at the moment here is how everyone's like oh fascism like it's on the rise like is already here, you know? And, like, I think especially mm, this mm. comparison of, like, oh, my gosh, this is happening in the UK. Like, we would never thought, like, actually, we've been building up to these moments. Like, and, you know, the UK has been implementing that abroad for decades and centuries. And now that's on our own ground. It doesn't change it. Like, it's still the UK that does all of these things. Of course, it's scary, but I think we need to put put it in perspective of, like, it's not new, unfortunately. Yeah, but this would be a huge like I think this would of be a huge leap from from what has what's already yeah, yeah, been of course, kind of, of course. But this would mean that the kind of protests that both of us have been involved with would would just not already I mean they were being suppressed by the police yeah, yeah. already and the point of a protest isn't to ask to protest it's not going to be yep. like oh can we please protest can you please accept our protest it should be a form of disruption and it should be a form of resistance um no I meant like with like the fascism like the you know fascism has yeah, yeah, been yeah, here. For sure. it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's just no, in the sure. open, and, it, and people are like, "Oh, yeah." But this is this is also very classic um, Britishness to when it's happening in the mm. UK. Um, one, it's not being publicised in international news, or even in yeah. British news, it's not really being publicised. Um, but two, there's this idea of like, I can't believe this could oh. happen here. Um, this like indignation that it's just impossible for it to happen here because um, of all of this obviously like British exceptionalism <laughs> that always exists. Um, but there were a lot of people who were commenting on, um, imagine if the same kind of video footage and um, pictures that we we're seeing coming out of Bristol, mm. where a lot of um, the biggest protests um, against the bill have been happening and police have been really violently um, harming protesters and arresting them and being really violent, like really, really violent to them, the kind of videos that are coming out of that. If that was coming from a- another nation, especially let's say like... Um, a previously colonized nation or something mm-hmm. like that um the uk media would be like i can't believe this country over there is like that trying to remove the right to protest and treating their citizens yeah. like this like we would never do this here 
But then when it's happening here, it's just silence, just crickets. Mm. Or it's um, all violent violent protesters in Bristol doing this. It's all about the protesters and not about the state. Um, yeah. And it's just quite telling. It is, for sure. And yeah, it's it's horrific. Although I think even the notion of like abroad is changing just because like how hostile and racist this government is. I think because mm. like when we... Like when we look at like how they're, for example, at the moment, um, like how Pretty Patel, so the Home Office um, Minister, what's her title? I don't know. So the <laughs> why have I forgotten? What the, she is? the the leading prick of the Home Office basically <laughs> is Pretty Patel, and she doesn't deserve a title, so we don't know her title. Um, But um, basically, like, the way that she's changing, wanting to change the law at the moment around, like, um, who can um, claim asylum in the UK. So I feel like even even if the UK, they used to look a lot abroad and being like, oh, I can't believe, like, they're doing this. Like, we need to go help them because we're the British Empire and, like, you know, all of that crap. But I feel like even that is changing and they're completely shutting themselves off and just... Yeah, being on that little island, being the exceptional... Well, I guess that, that's like a huge part of um, this government is this this kind of insular policy yeah. of like um, cutting off everywhere. Also, it's Home Secretary. How did we forget that? Honestly. <laughs> this shows how tired yeah. we are. <laughs> we forgot. Like, how? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what, though? Like... Um, she should be removed of all titles. So I'd, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. So, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone said... Yeah. Um, Someone said she supported her own soul. So in that sense, I was like, yeah. I think that was actually around Christmas time because people were like, who's she going to be celebrating Christmas with? And and everyone's like, oh, she's already deported everyone that she A, knows and B, her own soul. So no one would celebrate with her in the first place. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> also, um, if you are listening to this and you're thinking, I didn't know about this mm. bill or you did know about this bill and you didn't know what to do, it's important that we are involved mm-hmm. with resisting this. Um, and I'd really recommend looking um, at the information that Sisters Uncut, which is a great organization, um, has about this because they're kind of leading the way um, in resisting this bill. They have lots of information. You can um, submit evidence against the bill. Um, you can be be part of different demonstrations that are going on. That is obviously up to you. Um and there's information, if you do decide to do any of that, there's information about that um, on Sisters Uncut's um, pages. And make sure that if you if you do decide to do something like that, that you are being safe the whole time um, and that you look at the advice that's being given. Um, and there's loads of that available. Um, but it's important that we do resist this bill um, because I'll... I do really think the future of humanity depends on us having a right to protest like globally. I think that that should be defended anywhere and everywhere. Um, otherwise, governments are allowed to run wild and do whatever they can. or Not even just governments, but also organisations, institutions. Um, I remember on um, on the Hot Take podcast, on their prison abolition episode, they were talking about how much the fossil fuel industry was um, involved in increased policing and increased sentencing mm. especially around protest and especially how they had been involved with creating new legislation that would especially under covid um class fossil fuel industry areas as like high value um in- infrastructure <laughs> which means that people wouldn't would be would get greater mm. sentences for trying to protest against it um so it's it's connected to yeah. all of this like evil shit that we don't like um and having a right to protest is important um and not allowing our government to 
completely control everything. I think like a general like rule of thumb is just like all of these evil structures are connected and like they're so good at organizing that we trying to fight one of them we need to like connect super well with like with all of the other causes because like that's only how we're going to get stronger and like they are connected therefore we must be connected even even stronger um because they Mm -hmm. are incredibly powerful in in the methods and in the tactics that they are using um, because mm-hmm. they have their fingers so entrenched in these institutions and they are so backed up by these institutions. So general rule of thumb, these are all connected. We need to connect. This, this is a kind of good segue into something yes. else that I wanted to um, to comment on is um, that I recently um, read Emma Dabry's book, um, What White People Can Do Next, which I think is a bit of a misleading title because um, I think it's, it, well, I mean, titles are there to be, to grab your eye and to make you buy the book. So that's the, the, the role of the title. But I think the book instead is more about, and is what white people can do next from allyship to coalition. And it is more about going from allyship to coalition. And it's not just for white people, definitely not just for white people. I think it's for all people. I was hugely challenged by this book. And one thing it talks about is how all of these oppressive systems are connected and therefore all oppressed people need to unite Mm. together in coalition to fight these systems rather than just fighting each other all the time. Um, And I think that's something that we could focus on a lot more is is coalition Mm. building. And something that I think I have definitely neglected, despite talking about intersectionality and the connection to things, I definitely think I have fallen into the pitfalls of um, social media dialogue around liberation and justice mm. and and moved away from kind of the coalition and the radical roots of what activism should be and liberation should be. Um, and I would just say to everyone, I'd really recommend the book. I wish I had it yeah. in front of me right now because there's, but I'd have to quote everything. Like, every I'm page. halfway through um, <laughs> and it's incredible. Like, yeah, everyone get it. Like ASAP, basically. It's so good. And how it interrogates social media activism mm. and how also it interrogates um, a lot of the anti-racism discourse I found to be really... Um, poignant and important especially the bits about how um it highlights how in a lot of our actions to resist white supremacy we're just emboldening the construct that is whiteness Mm. by making it out to be a like immutable reality when actually it's a construct um and i was just like wow Mm. i I was just like wow even like it's almost like i knew Mm. that but i hadn't I hadn't been able to form it into the thoughts because a lot of social media is very much making it about this binary Mm -hmm. or making it about these like stark dramatic things or even a lot of anti-racist literature that I've read is about a lot Mm. of these like stark things um and I I just found it a really challenging and really really good Mm. book about connecting all these things and how can we actually move forward um beyond the kind of more limited discourse that we might be seeing like kind of like places grounding that in like political discourse or like radical imagination um basically like a lot of authors were saying how it looks a lot more at like um actually let me get it up so like kind of i guess to like place 
or like root uh, imagination in the political or like radical imagination um, is presented a lot of times more as like a tool or a practice that enables to be critical of what is presented around us, but whilst also envisioning new socio-political horizons. Um, and, you know, like it can be um, kind of like a symbol or also like a tool that a lot of like movements and people have used, right? Like, um, like Martin Luther King talked a lot about dreams and imagination, uh, Frederick Douglass as well. Um, the Zapatistas kind of like talk also about like use it as a way of like, as we walk through the world, we um, critique everything whilst dreaming of what else could be. But, and like, I found those like really beautiful anecdotes of like, you know, like when we think of like what could be, but also then, for example, like flipping it on the head, that's exactly also what white supremacy enabled colonialism to exist, right? Like their, their imagination mm. based on their supremacy ideology to expand empire was an imagination. And that's, and that's also mm. where imagination of liberation then arose from in other parts of the world or from other mm. collectives. And to me, that was like, and you know, I, I knew it in some way, but I think seeing it on paper this week really like struck me of like, mm -hmm. how do we deal with imaginations that are based on hierarchies and, and powers? And we all, you know, we all have them mm. because we're all entrenched in these systems in some way. But it just mm -hmm. really struck me of like, I just thought imagine because for me, I'm just like, I'm, I want to imagine beautiful, just centered futures. Mm. And there, and I need to interrogate how those are, you know, based on my own supremacy and my own supremacist ideologies, mm -hmm. how I can tear them, those down, but also how to deal with the networks that we exist in and how they are, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. Sorry, that was a long rant. I, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's kind of one thing that I was really struck by. I think this is kind of what you're touching on in, in the book was, was how much it interrogated the facts that all of us are impacted by yeah. the systems that we live in and therefore we will e e exhibit those. And obviously mm. I knew that before and obviously like we talk about that a lot, but the way in which it just talked about how, yeah, that there there, there needs to be an, an interrogation of that and even how we imagine mm. things, yeah, is kind of what you were saying. Um, And yeah, and how the kind of, the things that we're trying to dismantle, they were also just, yeah, things that were imagined and they were also mm. just ideas and they are ideas of a lot of them. And therefore... Our, if those ideas have power now, our ideas could mm -hmm. have power too. Yeah. Um, and other people's ideas could yeah. have power too. And and there can be kind of power in that yeah. as well. I guess that's why, why we always think, right, there's not just one fit solution. There's like so many pathways. Yeah. Because I think the, the idea that like there's one pathway that's the right way is inherently um, hierarchical and therefore will replicate mm. other hierarchies that exist right now. Um and and that can't and that can't be like so and also like who even if we think that we are being just right there's no like ju just because we think we're pursuing justice doesn't mean we're just ourselves therefore like there can't just be one way yes um exactly because one thing that i actually was also hit with reading this book which is mm -hmm. why i think people need to read it so much is i was like i have been wrong about so many things mm -hmm. <laughs> and i know i knew that i know this all the time obviously but there were so many parts of that, that i was reading and i was like wow 
I've been so wrong, like so wrong about mm. so many things. And I'm sure even in this podcast, I've said things that like... Oh, for sure. It's wrong. <laughs> I mean, I want to say we're flawless, but like... Obviously not, yeah. Obviously and this, not. <laughs> and this and this kind of links to um, something that I've been reflecting on a, a lot, but reflecting mm-hmm. along, especially reading that, and in almost the recognition of how wrong I've been about things, is how much... Um, how just not useful at all perfectionism is in any way because if I'm navigating this world thinking that I am perfect now then I'll just be being ignorant to things that I am obviously not perfect Mm. like in the ways I'm not perfect we kind of talked about this on the white savior episode I think a bit Mm -hmm. about how when you see yourself as a good person so much then you're you just become ignorant of the ways in which you can be the the bad guy or can can perpetuate bad things um and I've real I've realized in realizing how I've been wrong so often in very well-meaning ways, <laughs> it has shown me how much I just need to let go of this need to get everything right all the time because I'm just not going to. But this need to get everything right all the time, I think has also come from wanting to pursue justice because I don't want to cause harm. Yeah. Evidently. So that, that's why I, I want to get things right is because I don't want to cause harm. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a point at which I have to, and I think all of us have to like let go of this idea that we are going to be able to go through this world without causing harm or getting things wrong. Because I think that realistically I am going to. And mm. e- even with my best efforts, I'm still going to. And so what I should continue to do is still do my best efforts, but in a way that isn't just also harming myself at the same I was time about to by say setting... Yeah. Also harm, like, you know, causing harm also includes yourself in exactly. that. Yeah. And I, I found that in wanting to avoid causing harm to everyone else, I was causing huge amounts of harm to myself mm. by holding standards up of myself in a way that just wasn't productive. Yeah. And it made me also reflect on how I'm viewing other people as well. Because I do, and I, I have done definitely in the past, and I definitely do, do still too. Um, like idolize people in some way. And I'll, I'll be like, I love this person. I love what, how they express things. I love the actions that they've, they've done in their life. I love how they like present themselves to the world. I think they're great. So then I'll, I will like put these perceptions or expectations upon them. Mm-hmm. And then be, and then I've been upset when they've not met those expectations that I've set for them. And I'm not saying that they've done something drastically like terrible, but they'll maybe just like, like do something that's a little bit like misguided and they might just not know. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, I can't believe that they've done this. I can't believe they're not perfect, blah, blah. blah. And I, I've just, what I'm trying to do, and I'm definitely not, I definitely haven't done this completely yet at all, but I'm just trying to check myself whenever my knee jerk reaction is to feel like that. And instead be like, I've set this expectation for this person. Mm. I don't know this person. Like, is my energy, is is there a use for my energy just to be, like, upset about that this person hasn't met the expectations that I've put upon them? Or should I just recognise that they are a human and that they are fallible and that they mm-hmm. are going to make mistakes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I get, I mean, I think in some way it's completely normal because the way that our society is set up is all about individualism and like yeah you know even even the way we are taught to imagine and dream and pursue anything is based on individual gain right and mm-hmm. um and perfectionism is like deeply entrenched in or dependent on um the capitalist system we've we've mentioned before also like how white supremacy plays into it um and all of it so I think and you, in, and you can't you can't like even separate capitalism yeah. from white supremacy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like, yeah. 
so you know like who i think it's in some ways like we need to give ourselves grace of like we are trying our best because we live in this world but also by being so perfectionist um it you know it harms ourselves and that's exactly what these systems are designed to do but mm -hmm. i think with like the like the pedestal i think there's like this space for all of it right like we can be mm -hmm. disappointed especially mm -hmm. when harm is being caused and i expect also that when i cause harm like there should like other people should be able to you know be able to express the range of the emotions that they um that they feel um because i'm not entitled to direct that when i was the one that caused harm but i think where the space and where i'm hoping that we get to more and more is that we hold that space in between where we don't shun someone off for doing certain things but like mm -hmm. hold space for like accountability right and like being able to um call call each other in and being like this was harmful for these reasons like you know how can we move forward and i think so like in some way like i think the pedestal is obviously it's harmful to both sides because we get disappointed and the other person also is harmed right and like yeah i don't want to be put on a pedestal so the, yeah you know, I, I just like, think i think it's like hugely i've realized how much it's dehumanizing as well because mm. and how much it is also dependent on binaries because i think a all of us are, are kind of indoctrinated in this world to see everything as a binary as someone is mm. either wholly good or they're wholly bad and that's why it's so much harder i think sometimes to do the work to unpack things because it's really hard for an example that i use is for example i think people a lot of people find it really hard the whole winston churchill thing and winston churchill being a statue is because yeah. people believe that people are either wholly good or wholly bad so people think that because winston churchill helped end world war ii that mm -hmm. that makes him inherently a wholly good person. Mm -hmm. And it's and therefore it's impossible for us to see the fact that he starved millions of people and that he was also hugely racist and, yeah. and like bad. Man. But then, and then there's this two sides of people being like, no, he's he's wholly great. And, and the other side of people are like, no, he's wholly terrible. Mm. And actually both of these things can be true. Like he can he can both have done things that were helpful and have created loads of harm. But we don't live in a society that allows us to see both of those things. Yeah. Um, and instead we do put people on a pedestal, a literal, I mean, for him, literally on a, in a statue. Literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and and that that is inherently, I mean, obviously statues statues, statues are dehumanizing, yes, you're taking away the humanness and making them into something and only um, presenting that part of that person. But that's what we do to, to living beings as well. I was even thinking how I've done that to... I don't know, for example, like I've done that to AOC. I've been like, sometimes mm. I've just been like, oh, I think her story is amazing. I think her journey is amazing. I think that she has done great things. And I, But then what I've done is almost made her into this picture that I have thought she she is. Mm. And so when I have obviously inev inevitably seen that, oh, wait, that's not that great a take that she's had on this. Mm. Or like, oh, that's actually not that great. It's like my brain's some like in the past my brain's been like I don't know how to deal with this like I actually don't know how to cope mm. with this this um information and it made me realize that I actually wasn't seeing her and receiving this example going into my head as a whole human because for example my friends who I see as a whole human if they do something wrong I'm not hugely shocked or if they have a bad take on something I'm not hugely shocked because I'm just like oh they're a human they're imperfect they've been going through the world in a similar way that I have they don't spend all of their time mm. consuming information about every single subject they're going to get things wrong 
But I've just realized how much I was, I and I think how a lot of this ide- idealization does just dehumanize mm-hmm. people. Um, and how if we actually start seeing people as, as whole humans, that will also allow us to walk into accountability better because mm. that will mean that when we do the accountability, we are still seeing them as a human through this yeah. whole process. Because what happens is that, yeah, we, we herald these people as heroes, as perfect people. And then they do something wrong and suddenly suddenly they are nothing to us at all. Mm. When actually if we hold people as a human the whole time, even when they've done something wrong, even when they've done things right, then it will mean that when accountability is necessary or when some sort of kind of relational thing is necessary, we're able to actually have that because yeah. there there is this understanding that they are also a human. I don't know if that made complete sense. I love sense. that. I, no, no, mm. totally. Because... It's, yeah, especially like leaders, figures, we think they're completely invincible, but mm. they're really not. And mm. they shouldn't be, you know, like, and I think yeah. also in some ways, you know, it takes so much courage to show up in a lot of spaces because we have created those like, you need to be perfect from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what is, and we've said that so many times, but like, that's what's stopping a lot of people to do certain like activist work or other even yeah. like self-interrogation right because we don't have the safety nets for people that if and we will screw up like that's mm-hmm. an, an inevitable you know, inevitable really that there's no safety net for us to catch each other and mm-hmm. um and i think like yeah like once we actually like have the courage to also be wrong be, you know then that's mm-hmm. where a lot more positive change will come out and um yeah yeah and that's how we'll learn and we'll move forward because i think i even think of myself on social media um just as 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 a as a place as a kind of town hall that we have in some ways um that i will very often hold back and sometimes this is a good thing obviously sometimes if you don't know (laughs) something just don't talk about um but i'll hold back like some things that i think because i'm scared to get it wrong and obviously there are some times where it's good to hold back because mm. it gets wrong because obviously I'm in a different position because I'm held to a higher standard and because I have more influence. Um, but also I think there's this, there is there, there's, there is this idea that if you get one thing wrong, then you're gone forever and you're not allowed to, that you're irredeemable. Um, Unless you're and, like a white cis man. Yeah. Or yeah, woman. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, actually, you know, you're so right. Especially, especially for black women. I feel there's this idea of like, oh, if you get something wrong, then you're gone. Um, but, we need to allow people to change their mind on things. Like, yeah. for example, even when, so I, I actually, I wrote a post about, um, about having been wrong about stuff and quite a lot of people commented just being like, I've never seen anyone on social media admit that they've been wrong. And I was just like, mm. what the fuck? What world are we living in where people are also dehumanizing themselves by yeah. putting out a perception of themselves that isn't true? Like there is, I promise everyone there's absolutely no one on this world that has never got something wrong like or has yeah. or has never changed their mind on anything there's there's no one also there's like this, if that yeah. was true how boring <laughs> i'm exactly, sorry but yeah like... and also how problematic that you yeah. that, like because i just think about how i go through the world for example the people that i meet whether it's in person or whether it's over social media or, or whatever mm. or whether it's through a book like i feel like i've met a person when i've read a book for and sure. i've understood their perception of the world my best parts um, you know if you never change your mind, you're not being touched by anything. No. Like you're not ever being yeah, moved I mean. by anything. Yeah. yeah. How are you human? Like yeah. as humans, we are moved by things. And that's what's so beautiful is that we are moved and, yeah. and changed and molded. And we are soft. We aren't these rigid like beings that we, we don't just break as soon as something 
kind of changes and, and we what we should want to be is soft we should want to be mm. mutable we should want to be touched and moved but instead i feel like there's this perception that if you are soft if you are mutable if you are able to change your mind if you are able to change then you don't know what you're talking about or that you or you aren't trust trustworthy yeah and that's what's kind of tricky but it's be, it's because we know that once we step actually into emotions we see that the harm that we are causing isn't right. I think that's a very, you know, these are really good tactics to keep us away from seeing injustices and seeing how mm-hmm. we are causing injustices. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a... Um, because once you connect your emotions to it, you're like, actually, like, what the fuck? Like, yes. you know, like, I like we should have the right, all of us should have the right to to live and mm-hmm. to live like to live without oppression and without having to cause oppression because it's yes. so hard you know like to actually really sit with the feeling that like i am causing harm without wanting to cause you harm and like mm-hmm. and they like and like having to almost like pre apologize of like i'm trying but like even when i try my best i'm going to cause some harm and i don't even know about it and like that's for me is actually like really like it makes it makes me like want to I don't know break something or like I don't know like maybe like my heart is breaking even just like having to say that out loud because I know that other and like because these structures are upheld by others that know that like you know like because when sometimes when I look at the government I'm like you're not just doing these things accidentally but you it actually causing you joy to hurt and that's for me is so hard but I'm and I'm trying to like kind of grapple with that they are also products of everything but yeah but this is this is one thing that when when um when so we my my friend mem and i um and activist colleague we run these speaking trainings um that used to be called spokesperson trainings but we now call them telling your climate story trainings and in the introduction to that we talk about how connecting to your emotions is so essential Mm, and being able to be moved and being able to like express and connect to your emotions is how we can stay human mm. in this world that wants to, us to dehumanize ourselves. Because I really think, for example, I think the gov- I think a lot of these people in the government have dehumanized themselves to the, to, and other people to the extent that that they can do these things. Yeah. Like I think that you have to have dehumanized other people to, and yeah. and even yourself, yeah, to be able to do these things. And you've had to have dis- disconnected from the emotions of what it means to be human and mm. your soul and your spirit and what that really means in order to be able to do these things. And um, when we introduce it, we say that like when you when you're disconnected from your emotions and when you're disconnected from what it is to be human that's what leads to fascism and that's how you end up in a, mm. in, a, in a in a space like that and in a space where you can harm and exploit and oppress yeah. other people and so connecting to your emotions and feeling and feeling all these things is important mm. and but it's fucking hard it's fucking it's hard it's so fucking hard yeah. and this is one thing that i feel like the two of us talk about like not not as much on the podcast but just in our in our friendship is how difficult it is when you feel these things so deeply mm. and just cry like a lot <laughs> yeah. about the state of the world. But then you look around and other people aren't being moved by it. Um, and how, mm. and sometimes I'm like, I wish I could just not, I wish I could just not feel this as deeply because it's really painful. Um, but what we need to do is all of us instead need to connect to the emotion more rather than run away from it. Because if we aren't feeling these things, then we, we are detaching ourselves from the reality of what the world is. Does that make sense? No, hundred percent. Um, and I mean, I do, I do go through those phases as well. But I'm like, I, I wish I wouldn't feel it right now this deeply. But I think being able to feel it 
like being able to like step into that courage of being able to feel and like have mm -hmm. you know your heart continuously broken by these things also allows you to actually feel a lot more deeper joy um mm -hmm. because I, i think staying in like a somewhat neutral like gray zone of emotions doesn't allow you to feel sad things and like mm. grief and all of this and rage but also the joy you know that we get to experience because of like opening our hearts you know I think is mm. also something that like I know that like I've gotten so much more community and like um, joy out of you know the work that I'm doing even as as much as it is heartbreaking mm -hmm. um, so I do feel really grateful for having for being able to continuously connect to that side. But of course, sometimes like, you know, being numb and being, um, I guess like detaching ourselves in certain situations is also how we survive certain things, mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that's normal. And that's a scare, like that actually scares me also. because I'm like, and we've talked about that so much in the normalization crisis um, of like, when is the point that I'm getting numb to the cyst, like to certain yeah. pain? you know and how do mm. I stay away from that um but it's hard because it's like what <laughs> what survival tactics work <laughs> that's what's something that I like worry about in, in this I world yeah I wish I knew because I genuinely know it's like trigger warning everyone gonna talk about mental health if people are okay with that but I I know that my um mental health issues like my depression and my anxiety are in so many ways a product of the fact that we live in this like white supremacist mm. capitalist patriarchy that is harming so many people and that and that yeah. that we that in so many of us are detached from our emotions of that and that all of this stuff is going on i know all of that's happening and sometimes i just find it even more frustrating to know that that's that to have people be like oh well do these mindfulness exercises or like take medication or do all these different things when i'm like why can't we just change the world instead like why why am i being made the problem like that's this is what something that really annoys me I'm like so many of us and i think especially people who are around our same kind of age and mm. you know in similar positions to us like the reason that a lot of us are unwell is because of the world and the systems yeah. and then it's blamed on us and it's really fucks me off like it really gets like mm. really absolutely raging when the mental health discourse is all like be kind and um <laughs> like oh like download headspace rather than how about we like tackle the systems yeah. of inequality and exploitation that are causing people to feel genuinely unwell to be unwell yeah because of the world yeah and i i mean i think I don't know how this started. It must have been like with like a YouTube video or something. Like recently I thought about some of the like most painful things people have said to me. <laughs> I don't know why I spiraled into that. But there was a, one thing where like a really close person to me just said like that it was so annoying how emotional I got about um, like watching the news or like looking at like different things in the world. And I will never forget because I got so upset by... Like, because for me, I was just like, but why aren't you so upset? Mm -hmm. Like, what? And I, and that's not to say, like, in a shaming way, because you never, you know, also, as we just said, like, maybe it is a survival mechanism, depending on, I, you know, and I don't, they, I don't they might not even, they might not even know that there is a survival mechanism for Ex themselves. Exactly. They exactly. might even know they're doing it. And, yeah. that, and that's why I was, you know, and um, so that absolutely not in tech, but, you know, 
it just I think it just like hurts when when it's like blamed of like why are you being emotional rather yeah, of exactly. like the causes of what's making me emotional like I don't want to be crying over here like watching the news like yeah but maybe I'm not the problem yeah you know exactly I've had people say the same thing to me before um like quote-unquote friends say the same thing to me and it is it is it is just really frustrating how much rather than like using that same energy towards the the causes of these issues that are harming all of us Mm. (laughs) the energy is put upon us as if we want to feel upset about every yeah. like these things like honestly i just want us all to get have a good time but unfortunately yeah. we can't the majority of us literally can't and people make out that um i think a lot of people who aren't in activist circles or aren't in any of these kind of liberation circles make out that everyone who's in these circles is just like killjoys and they just want to have a shit time and like not really no we we, we all want to have we all just want everyone to be able to have a great time like we all just want that's joy what, yeah. to be i want everyone to have everyone. a good time yeah we want exactly what do they what do they think we're doing i don't understand yeah. what, like why are we here it's because we want everyone to be able to have a good time the only thing we want everyone to be free the thing is we won't all get a good time but just all meditating in our own little spaces <laughs> and thinking that's the end you know yeah we won't all good be able you, to get a good time yeah but we can do that and you know fight for liberation are you enjoying this podcast um we really hope that you are the yikes podcast um is able to happen mostly because of the financial support from our wonderful patrons on patreon yeah i mean michaela sounds like a super deeper appetizing capitalist girl but actually we're two anti-capitalist babes in a capitalist world and um, by you supporting like the show, um, it just generally sustains it. It allows us to like pay our guests that uh, now and then come on the show, and it allows us to do you know much more community work and be able to support different charities and just generally you know make this make this thing happen. Yeah, and if you don't know what Patreon is, because I think a lot of people might not know. It is basically a platform that allows you to support creators or podcasts or different kind of groups that you really like um, and you can financially support their work directly um, and it kind of stops us having to rely on things like ads which are quite annoying, yeah. Um, (laughs) So on Patreon, on the Yikes Podcast Patreon, there are different um, tiers that you can subscribe to so they start from just £3 a month and then kind of go up from there. Um, for the £5 a month one you get a bonus episode every single week um, which is just us chatting about a different thing that's just happened in the news or something personal about our lives um, they're much more kind of intimate those episodes um, and we really enjoy making them we do Q&As as well over on the Patreon and it's just another kind of space that we can interact with you guys and we really love it and we're so grateful for our patrons who have made this show possible up until now and if you'd like to become someone who supports this podcast if you have the ability to do that um then you can check out our patreon in the show notes or just go to patreon.com slash the yikes podcast um and you can check out the different tiers there and sign up to support this show we thank you so much for your support so far and we hope that you're enjoying this episode it's like, yeah, I think we just need to think about the wider perspective with yes. everything. Is like how I always say, like, we need to move from the I into the we. So rather mm. than like always just being like, how can I do this? Think about how can we as a community do this? For example, an example I used recently when talking about rest on um, a panel, we we're talking about rest as resistance. 
And I was just saying, like, if your self-care, we talked about this in the rest episode as well, mm. but if your self-care requires you, I don't know, to buy something that causes the exploitation of other people further down, then is that rest being distributed or is that just rest for yourself? So, for example, if you're if yeah. the, you're saying that the only way to rest is to buy this product, that's that's the only way to rest, but the product has, like, harmed other people down the way, is, is that, like, a sustainable form of rest for the, us as a community or are there ways that we can cultivate rest that allows all of us to rest and that we can yeah. redistribute rest? And rather than it being this kind of just practice of the self it could also be like a communal practice and it's possible to do things on your own that also don't contribute to the harm in the community it does that make sense yeah yeah for sure i do think however like that's exactly like but we need community to achieve that because you yeah. won't like like we said earlier you know um i guess our mission is that when when you are in the position to no not do harm or reduce your harm as much as possible like you need to step into that because mm. there's not always not everyone has that position not and we're mm. not always aware of that position right of like mm-hmm. because in some way like harm is being caused inevitably by us unfortunately existing in these systems so um yeah i totally get it and i totally actually i'm gonna i'm gonna check myself on something that i've said because actually i think that under this system that we live in it's, it's almost impossible to do yeah that... many actions without harming other people yeah yeah but <laughs> like, i mean the goal yeah. like right like the goal i mean especially of rest or or like self-care or whatever is that like we think of it as a as a community perspective and yes yeah, i do yeah. think there are ways to like reduce it as much as possible mm-hmm. or at least like acknowledge like I think a lot of things, I mean, acknowledgement is like the first tiniest step that you can do. But I think mm. just putting things into perspective of like, oh, I used to, this used to be my go-to rest. Actually, mm. let me think like this, I know this causes me rest, it causes other people harm. So mm-hmm. let's try out different things and work towards, you know, um, community change for better yeah, futures. So yeah. there's only so much we can do within these structures, you know. Yeah, and that's something that I've I've had to um, grapple with recently as well, I think, is just realising that a lot of the things that I'm doing in my life are still part of these systems. And I'm of going course. to uphold these systems inevitably in some way. And even even as much as I try and disrupt them, there'll be there'll be ways in which I actually don't even have the agency to disrupt in some in some ways. And recognizing that yeah. that I th- I don't know. But is I've, that hard? Ever, like, is yeah. that like useful to like focus on to myself? No, no. I'm, I'm rather than focusing on it, just accepting it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's there's a difference between like fixating on it and mm. accepting it. I think, but I think it's important that we are aware of the realities of the world. Yeah. But we don't have to fixate on them. Yeah. yeah, in, a, yeah. in a similar way of like um, perfectionism, it's like I can be aware that I'm not going to be perfect and not fixate on the ways in which I fall short. I think it's, I think it's important. It's important that I'm aware of the ways I'm not perfect because that also is a way to check your own ego and be like, I'm not going to get everything right, and I shouldn't get everything right, and I shouldn't think that I am the voice on everything or the voice on, or, oh, the, sure, or I shouldn't yeah. be the voice on anything. Like, should be there should not be one voice on anything or mm. one person who's going to get everything right or one person who's going to have great takes all the time. But I can also at the same time try and not focus on the times. On, it, on the fact that I will get things wrong. But this yeah, is also yeah. hard because I am an incredibly anxious person. And but, <laughs> being an anxious person yeah. with a platform who does speaking work is is just, it's a terrible mix, I'm going to be honest. Like I overthink almost everything that's ever happened um, to me. <laughs> yeah, but like, for example, like one one more thing on the, on the like, 
what what you just said before because mm-hmm. I do think there's like um for example when we look at like anti-capitalism or pe- post-capitalism right like the one is measured by the system that we are fighting against and the other one is free of the structure so like kind of like thinking what comes beyond so it's not measured anymore by the system that we're in and i think that's something for example even in perfectionism when we when we focus on like i don't always have to be perfect we still we still limit it to perfectionism or we measure it by perfectionism Mm. so in Mm. that way we're even just upholding it in our own Mm. minds because we Mm -hmm. still and that's normal in some way but i think also like allowing ourselves to space for space of just being as much as we can yeah is something that it's not easy, but I think even just like, you know, by always having to focus on like, I'm upholding this and I'm upholding this. Yes, you are, because that's what you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. And it's also dismantling in your in your yes. mind is the biggest yeah. task, I think, in many ways. Mm. It's And this is something that I think I'm almost beginning my journey on, I think, with a lot of this stuff is like, how can I dismantle whiteness in my mind? Mm. Like, how can I dismantle that construct? But especially yeah. when I've made a lot of my life, whether it's intentionally or not, mm. around that idea of whiteness, yeah, and around and also and then and how can I dismantle capitalism in my mind when a lot of my my life is around this idea of capitalism? Like, how can I dismantle all these different mm. things internally? Um, and it and it's hard. And I think what you were saying about yeah, moving from, especially around perfectionism, yeah, moving from like the fact that I'm not going to be perfect to the fact that I'm just going to be mm-hmm. like um and one thing I've been trying to do but I'm not very good at it is every time that I have a mm-hmm. yikes moment of this is an insight into my brain everyone of um I'll be walking down the street you know just mind my just own business mm-hmm. and then I'll just um I just remember something I did three years ago and I'll scream <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of like literally scream, scream sometimes <laughs> she's just like and you're like, okay. And I've adopted this. Like, I will just like, in a conversation now, I'll just be like, ah! And everyone's like... Yeah, literally. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll like, send, I was sending one of my friends a voice note recently. And I was just saying something that I'd done recently that made me yikes. I just went, ah! Like, into the voice note. <laughs> and they were like, I love that you just voice note me and scream. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's just... And that I'm expecting it at some point. But this is just the, my anxious brain because it'll be something so benign, something that no one else is thinking of and I'll just be like I can't believe I did that I'm such an idiot I'm so stupid but instead of saying I'm such an idiot I'm so stupid I'm so whatever I was trying to say to myself I'm I'm so human I'm so human Mm, I'm just human I'm so human and And that makes me feel so much better (laughs) yeah 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 but also like I'm like oh I'm so human like and also like look at me like having evolved from this point isn't that great yeah yeah and that's one thing that you said to me I think was um sometimes thinking about the person that we could have become or like checking Mm -hmm. like who we were before can actually be really motivating in ways and I think sometimes like that's what I'm trying to do is is rather than being like I can't believe I thought this how many years ago? I can't believe I said this how many years ago. Be like, oh, isn't that amazing how I was like vulnerable enough to change? Isn't that amazing yeah. how I was human enough to be moved by that? Like, Honestly. isn't that cool? Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, and I think I'm trying to talk that. I, but I never want to pretend also on the podcast. I know this is the podcast. I'm definitely, I get these things wrong all the time. I, I chat so much shit on the podcast. I'll oh, be like, oh, yay. <laughs> Both of us do. We'll listen back yeah, to yeah. episodes and we'll be like, wow, why don't we Excuse take me? our own yeah. advice? <laughs> um yeah maybe we should like yeah but that's like you know that again like i mean because we always like we sometimes like start out these conversations where like we don't feel hopeful and then afterwards we're like oh my gosh so hopeful and then 
And I'm like, what? How does how how are we always so hopeful on the yikes? But I think maybe we should though, just like take our own advice of speaking yeah. more about and like being more vulnerable and being more in community. Yes. And like something that I really notice, and that's like something I need to work on so much, and it also comes from perfectionism and like individuality is like I preach so much about like community, community, blah, 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 blah. um. But then, like, when it comes to doing certain work things, I just want to do it on my own because I'm like, I don't trust any of you. That I just want to do it. I know. And I'm like, okay, Joe, maybe you should practice my community rather than just, like, do you know what I mean? Uh, I just blame it on, yeah. like, being raised very, like, in Germany. And, like, Germany has a very different work ethic. So I just blame it on that. And that's mm. also capitalism. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Oh my it's gosh. all here. It's all in my head. it's similar that i'll say to people like take a break Mm. like give yourself time and then i'll do everything i'll do everything okay how how has this become like a (laughs) self-drag we're dragging ourselves it's because as one of our faves um kletchi okafo says um we're all dickheads in in recovery yeah and we need to drag ourselves sometimes a self-dragging is like as long as it's not just like you're as long as you're not harming yourself in the process, you can drag yourself and just, because that can call yourself out and cause yourself to change. Um, but talking of um, us doing too much and doing it all, um, Yikes is hiring. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, we're hiring an assistant um, for the podcast and the details for the application, if you'd like to apply, it's just going to be very part-time. Um, you'll just be helping us with a lot of different things, especially social media and details for the application we'll put in the show notes and the details are also available on the Yikes podcast Instagram and please apply by email. Um, the Yikes pod, the Yikes pod at gmail.com is the email to send your application to and the questions to include your application are available on the document that we'll link in the show notes and on the Instagram. Don't you think it's so special like we get to like expand the team like first of all it feels huge even, it like, feels big a need for that and then also mm. like that we like properly able to like hire someone like not just like you know yeah like, also everyone it's obviously a paid role yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. and the only reason that we're able to do this is because of our patrons genuinely that's the only reason we're able yeah. to do this and for all of you supporting this work um and it's amazing that, yeah that there is such a demand it's so good we care enough that we can hire another human to join our team which yeah. is so cool and we'll be able to support someone else which is something that from the start yeah. like when we first started this podcast like something that we want to be able to do is always take other people with us mm-hmm. and we wanted to be able to give someone an opportunity and be able to pay them for this work and have them be part of this and have yikes be kind of formed by the community it, it does feel like a big thing yeah because my mom my mom texted me being like oh i'm so proud of you guys you're yeah. hiring someone for yikes that's so cool um you know I'm, I'm like this podcast is i say that we birthed it very often um but it, it no, feels like such an xr <laughs> moment i really hate it <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, like, Extinction Rebellion, like, there were definitely moments where people were like, we burst this rebellion, and it was just, like, the most cringe thing I have ever oh heard my in my gosh. life. And it kind of just, like, I, someone, brings me someone back gave a speech five. about how they birthed the rebellion from um, themselves, and whilst I was locked on, and it was actually quite painful, so I don't know why I'm using <laughs> that metaphor again. But in the way that I feel like, like, we did this. It's just cool. And a, a commu- not, not even just the two of us, but also, like, all people who've supported it and cared enough to support it it just like my mind is just yeah. blown every time I think about the fact that there are other people who have got like behind this vision like to listen to my voice 
Yeah, but not even like to listen to our voice, but want to engage with these ideas yeah, yeah. and want to engage with the nuance oh, and not, not just the drama of social media, but also they want to push beyond that and they want to be part of that. And I just think that that's amazing. And I, I can never thank our patrons enough for just being mm. absolute yeah. legends. And, and all the people who listen and subscribe and share the podcast, um, like you're just, you're just helping this grow and reach more people and allowing us to platform other people and amplify other voices and mm-hmm. and all of us to move towards community together like i think that's what we all want and talk towards the best future um and i'll get off my soapbox in of <laughs> of like yikes emotion um yeah i'm just I really think, proud of this space yeah yeah it's so good and um yeah i think on that note you know follow us on instagram because once we hire someone, the content will be also a bit better there. Be banging, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, the uh, Instagram is the Yikes Podcast. You can follow Michaela at Michaela Loach and me at Trees and Peas. And all the sound design, magic, editing is done by the amazing Finley Mowat, um, who you can follow on Instagram as well at Finley Mowat. And he has music coming out soon. I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say that. Sorry, Finn. <laughs> But um, it's very exciting and I hope that everyone enjoys the music on the pod as well because it's great and it definitely adds to the vibes. Um, thank you all so much for listening and being part of this. hope you enjoyed this. this very casual... Do you know what? It really energised me. Like in the beginning, I was yeah, just me like... Too. And now no, I'm before here we started recording, like, Yeah, before we started recording, Joe and I were just like, we are so tired. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, I've had a really long week at work. You've had a really long week doing your um, degree and it's all been a lot. Yeah, but we hear, we move, we've chatted, we've grown. I've definitely been challenged, and now we rest. And now we'll rest. I can't wait to sleep. Um, but I hope everyone has a absolutely great week whenever you're listening to this, and that you're being soft with yourself as well, and remembering that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to be moved by things. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to feel the weight of this world, but also allow yourself space to be human in the ways that are lovely and nice as well um so have a lovely time and we'll see you next week